Welcome to Season 3 of The Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. So welcome to The Lifestyle Chase. This is episode 151, and I am joined by the one and only George Pagan III. How are you today? <laughs> doing good, doing good. Enduring this, uh, this rainy Miami weather we've been having. Well, what is it? What is a typical day in Miami like for you? Because I'm up here in Canada. There's snow on the ground. Totally different atmosphere. Take me through a day in your life. Well, since it's November now, it's usually a little bit more bearable in the morning than than typically throughout the rest of the year. Uh, usually, it starts out like really humid right when you wake up, and kind of stays like that as the temperature gets a little little hotter. Uh, but right now, it's usually usually nice, a nice little breeze because the the hurricane season is just about done. So it usually usually kind of cools down in the mornings, uh, which is which is great because I have my first client that I train is six a.m. outside, uh, and next to the water. <laughs> That's wild. Well, I mean, like for your training business, you travel quite a bit, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I I travel about half and half to to uh like in home and then in a gym so to give people a bit more backstory on you like uh what what is your origin story for like what what was the first thing that uh, made you think that you wanted to be in this industry doing what you do um what gave you the passion to do what you do uh it, it kind of started a little bit in in high school because I, I got a got injured a lot i have a i had a persistent shoulder problem <laughs> that I spent uh, quite a bit of time with the athletic trainer who, uh, you know, kind of helped me re- recover and get back into it. Cause I was never really into like the big bodybuilding scene or anything like that growing up. I didn't have like the, the muscle and flex magazines, like a lot of people have or, and things like that. So it was more, more or less based on sports performance in the beginning and then, uh, being injured and coming back from, from being injured kind of really kept me going with it. I like that. But I started I started in college as a business major just cuz I really had no idea what I wanted to do. So when you went to school for a business major, um what what was kind of going through your mind during that time like for the first like couple semesters or whatever like how how soon did you decide that you wanted to make the the change in direction of of what education that you sought after? Uh, it was I made the change pretty quickly after the the first semester of college, I only kind of only went into the business side of it because I really was unsure of what I wanted to do, and knew that kind of having a broad business administrative background would just span a lot of industries since most most things are business related. <laughs> so it was kind of kind of my way to get get the 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 broadest amount of education I could that could apply to anywhere. And I just realized it, it was that direction specifically was not for me yeah. <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, when it comes down to like fitness and stuff, 
and training and coaching, are there people that kind of stand out to you that have been mentors to you or kind of like beacons of light along along your career journey? Um, it's more more or less been people that I've that I've been able to work with that that kind of took me in this direction first before I mean seeing anybody else that was online. Uh, that that's really how kind of that started. Like, I never really wanted to 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 own my own business. I guess at first that wasn't like the original goal, but it, it ended up kind of working that way out just by the experiences I had working in a physical therapy clinic. I worked in a, a very small, like one other trainer owner studio, and then a like, kind of like a lifestyle club, I guess they called it a racket club. Yeah. So it was like more of like a broad, general, general pop everything and kind of relax. Well, what was the, the turning point in your career where you kind of decided to, to go on things more independently? Um, it was when I was when I was working down here in Miami was like the first time I was like, I think I'm going to try to do this on my own was uh, when I felt like just another cog in the wheel of, of a business. And I wasn't really kind of respected or just didn't feel as important as I thought I was. I don't know if that sounds weird, but <laughs> I just didn't, didn't feel like the, the company that I had worked for was kind of aligned with how I wanted to train. And I felt like that was more or less holding me back. Well, I think as a as a trainer, yeah, I think a lot of people go through a moment like that, and it's just kind of you get at a, a fork in the road or a crossroads where you have to decide, okay, like what direction do I want to go, and what direction is is this place going, or is this group of people, or or whatever it may be. But with that, probably yeah. comes a bit of uncertainty, like. Uh, did you have any doubts, like if you could make it happen, or were there any struggles along the way? Oh yeah, there was there was tons of str tons of struggles. I started the the only reason I was able to kind of start was I had one one client that was independent that I had on my own that I took with me after I left um, a similar job. So like the person like yeah, I want to continue training with you. We'll do it on we'll do it together. So that was that was the only <laughs> only thing because I wasn't going from making um, decent money to zero and then trying to start from there. I had a, like a very small amount of income that I knew I had uh, from that. That was like really the biggest biggest struggle to overcome was knowing that I had to kind of build everything back up. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's crazy how impactful our clients can be on our lives, like in a very like one client can make or break your whole career like that that's yeah. the way i see it um what are some things that you've learned just in a whole uh whole lifestyle way from from working with your clients um was was really to to kind of be myself in either in the sessions and then just as a business like don't try to copy anybody else you're not going to be like anybody else you're going to be just just you and you know there's there's going to be some people that work really well with that. And there's going to be some others that they really, really don't. They just don't want to be, uh, or not don't want to be, they just don't fit how you train. And that's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And I mean, throughout your career, you've kind of uh, taken on a lot of like projects and stuff like that. Uh, can you talk more about that? Uh, mean about, about Fitleaf in general or? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That was that was a uh, that's 
definitely the the product of some of the frustrations I had owning my own business in the personal industry, personal training industry itself, is that there's a lot of segmentation of our industry and there's not a whole lot of things that kind of come together, especially with the internet. Uh, everyone's kind of in their own little space and they don't really cross over that much. So I wanted to, for me, I wanted to try to fill some of those voids with bringing things together into one place. And I did that with myself by just making bookmarks in, in Google, in Google Chrome, trying to have a bunch of things that were all the same uh, for like education and things like that. So what was the first thing that inspired you to come up with like, like an infrastructure of sorts or like a website or a hub or a space where people could actually go to? Uh, it was when I first moved down in 2012, um, Miami was incredibly new. I knew nothing about the, the city itself. I knew nothing about the personal training world here um, or even just what came, came down education-wise. Like I didn't know who, who comes down for certifications, like what events are held in the area. And it was at a point where I needed like, like I think like two or three more continuing education units. And I couldn't find any live events in the entire city within the next like 60 days after looking at like 90 websites. So I was like, all right, there's got to be something out there that that kind of fills this, that I don't have to look through 90 websites every time I want to find an event. Well, I mean, that, that's a very real inspiration for, for starting something. Um, yeah. The website looks so polished. Like, do you have web design experience? Is that like part of your wheelhouse? <laughs> no, not even a little bit. So <laughs> that, was, that was all all piecemeal together, <laughs> like all, all, all at once and learning things on the fly, having things break. I knew know nothing about coding even now. Well, I mean, even with where you're at now, with the progress you've made with it, can you think back to like some of the things that you're most proud of with, with Fitlead? Uh, some of the things I'm most, most proud of would be reaching, um, uh, the directory of live events reaching 10,000 events logged for the year. So it, like building it, building it slowly, I had to kind of find different websites and different organizations that held events. And in order to kind of make it a useful resource, you can't have like 12 events on the entire directory and have people actually find it like, as beneficial. Definitely. So the, the volume of having more events, even just listed, not even working with a lot of companies, um, but just make that itself makes it a lot more useful. And for me, that was like a huge, a huge moment to, to be like, okay, this is like a good, a good thing to have. Definitely. Um, have you gotten any like feedback with, with regards to it? Cause the way I see it, there's probably a lot of people that found themselves at moments where they were scrambling to get continuing education credits and they didn't know where to get them. Um, have people just kind of come across your website and like talk to you about how it's sort of helped them connect the dots? Um, yeah, here, here and there, I've gotten good and bad feedback from it, which is, which is good. I mean, I'm all open for, for criticism on it if, if it, if it needs it, cause it's just going to make the things better. Um, but it has, like you said, the same thing that people are like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that this was that there was that many events in my area, or I didn't realize there was that many events being held in general. Uh, for me, it's helped. Uh, the one thing that it, 
that I like that someone said is that it helped them plan for for more events in the future. Like they don't have to uh, be stressed that they have to find or come up with this money last minute because it's the only event for the next six months in their area. Like they can kind of see when when one comes around in uh, down you know down the line in the year and plan for that to to happen in the future. Definitely. And like you, you talked about negative feedback and I know like the thing with the internet is it's full of feedback and like everybody, no matter what they do is probably going to get a little bit of negative criticism, whether it's like something that the other person's going through that day or whether it's a misinterpretation, but like, I want to hear more about your experience with this. Cause I'm kind of like, I'm puzzled to be honest. I'm just like, he's putting out <laughs> continuing education resources and somebody got mad. Like, so what exactly happened? Um, well, one of the, one of the times that I've, I've been trying to, to fix it cause it was good feedback. It was just, he was a little aggressive, uh, <laughs> was that there weren't a lot of search features on it. Oh, like, okay. I, like you, like you couldn't, you couldn't put in, a, you know, a certain search query and have what uh, a specific list of events pop up that matched being for ankle mobility specifically or, or whatever it was. Like it was just in the beginning, it was just based off of months. Like you could just look at months. Yeah. But I mean, that that's interesting, though, because like it's kind of when you first started off your initiative, were you generating any like revenue or anything off of it? Or was it all just like a self-funded project that you were kind of putting out on your own? Yeah, it's all, all, all self, self-funded uh, still is. Yeah, exactly. And so like <laughs> people, people need to show some grace and, and some patience with a process like that. Um, having said that though, do you ever see it being coming something that uh, becomes like a, where you partner with different brands or anything like that, or do you see it becoming a business or is it just kind of a passion project for you? Um, I would, I would like it to, to go that direction. Only really only reason because I feel like it would just enhance the usefulness of it to have it operate more like a business. That's, that's really, that's really it. I like the fact that it could make money just cause it's, it's fun to have that feeling of you did something and now it produces some sort of revenue. But I, f- I feel like if it doesn't operate more like a business, it just becomes uh, kind of stagnant in in how it can develop. Well, for sure. I mean, it's kind of when you see like a brand new business owner or just like uh, a small business, even if it's brick and mortar, as as they're getting revenue or any kind of uh, when people show interest, you're able to reflect that interest back into the company kind of thing and then that's what kind of gets the the momentum going and so from what i can tell like as you would get more and more people checking out that site and using it to um further their careers and kind of keep in the game um like i mean there there's so much incentive for anyone that's putting out certifications to be partnered with your your website but uh then when you're able to make like the infrastructure of it, like the code, the um, the ability to get through all the resources, when you're able to make that smoother, then it quickly benefits anybody who's listed on there. So it's yeah. going to be really cool to kind of follow along and see how that unfolds because to be quite honest, like I've never come across anything else that actually has everything because it's like you say, the industry is kind of segmented. Like we have our different worlds of like, 
um, just kind of like separated echo chambers almost. Like, do you find yeah. that you notice that quite a bit? Like, what's your experience with like the just the the social dynamics of the fitness industry in in general? Um, I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing that it's that it's segmented a lot of times because I think it, it does help, kind of like it does in the medical industry. It helps people focus on what they're doing. Like, you have a specialty and you can kind of stay stay in that lane. Uh, I don't like that people seem to argue over the semantics between <laughs> between the groups. <laughs> I just feel like everyone's uh, beating their heads against the wall just to just to say that their specific term for the exact same thing the other person is talking about is correct. Well, I think that's funny that you point that out because it's so true. I mean, when it comes down to it, a lot of people are here to work with people, and it's we're not here to yell at people that they're wrong, and we're not here to. Yeah be right all the time it's just about like the experience of that client as an individual and just yeah. uh making their day better like even if it's just by having a funny joke or by showing up on time and treating them well like that that's our biggest role and i definitely i, I see a lot of the memes that uh go through the uh instagram stories and stuff where people are just <laughs> comparing like their their different uh perspective on squats or deadlifts or shoulder mobility or hip mobility or how you should walk all these different things right <laughs> has there ever been a time in your career so far where you've kind of uh second guessed yourself like i know what just what everybody does but what has your experience with that been um I would, I definitely would say, in, especially in the be, the very beginning of when I started training, uh, was I didn't have the greatest uh, experience with building sales. So just just how just just the fact that being of like an independent trainer in general is such a focus on closing a client to get them just because you know you want to help them, like you still have to sell them through some sort of process. And I wasn't really strong with that, especially in the beginning. Um, but that that was hard to get over because I didn't want to feel like most people say like a used car salesman trying to sell somebody something with gimmicky things. I was doing it for you know for reasons where I thought it was helping people. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard to get hard to get past that you do need to kind of close the sale to generate the money to help them. Well, I think you nailed it. Like, there's going to be a lot of people. Like, just imagine if you got if you started your career this year of all years, middle of a pandemic, things are closed, right. all the gyms are shut down. Um, and then amidst that all, a lot of people enter into the fitness industry with very like wholesome intent. Like many, many people truly like they, they had a good experience. They were broken. Then they became fixed. They, they right. were hurt and then they became happier and then they wanted to do that for other people. And yeah, a lot of people kind of stray away from the sales side of things. But when when it all comes down to it, we need to remember, like, I mean, if, if we need to put ourselves first to the extent that we still got to eat, like we got to eat, we got to put a uh, roof over our head. And right. our clients want to support that they, they want to see us do well. It's crazy how much uh, how big of a fan a client is to their trainer or coach like i think sometimes we forget like how how much they uh they're loyal to us and they really appreciate yeah. what we do but uh when it comes down to um sort of realizing that you have to do sales and you have to uh 
ask for the sale and stuff like that. What what were your yeah. stepping stones in uh, progressing that skill of yours or making it something that was like a, a cog in the wheel of your business? Uh, and initially, I, I think the the very first time I had to to do something to do with sales was in it was actually like a second or third interview uh, that I had with this larger training company in New York where I used to live. And their approach was the approach that I was trying to stay far away from. Like they were <laughs> all based on a lot of gimmicky sales tactics and, and all, all those types of things. So I knew what I, I knew what I didn't want, which I think was both good and bad. Um, but then, then working with the small studio that I was at for about a year and a half, um, really kind of helped me because he was the, the owner of that business was there all the time. And he had a lot of experience to help me one-on-one -on -one once the clients had left. Like he was able to give me feedback right away. Uh, and that, re that really helped because I didn't know what I was doing. It was my first time. So just getting the feedback right away was a big stepping stone for me because I knew what to correct for the next time or what to work on. Uh, and that, that really, that really kind of set me off down the road as I worked through different, different, uh, training experiences. Well, and I like how you talk about feedback because being open to feedback is a game changer in this industry. Like when we're able to just like kind of sit in like step away from our ego and just sit in the existence of the fact that we might not be right all the time. Like we, we probably have some areas for improvement. Um, what was the feedback that you received that uh, kind of stuck with you the most? Uh, it was uh, not to be timid. <laughs> like, just like go, go into it. It's just like, like you said, a normal conversation. It's just, you're talking with somebody. They, they're there for the reason that they want to be helped, at least in some, some part. So you're not, uh, there's no reason to kind of be really timid with it, as I think is a good word, but it's no, no reason to kind of doubt yourself in terms of your abilities to at least help them as a trainer, even though you're not a comfortable salesman at that point. Well, I like that even just the, the use of the word timid. I find that a lot of people in the industry might uh, be able to relate to that, especially anybody that uh, is just figure skating their way right now. Like I think most of us are in some capacity, even like the, the veterans, unless somebody has like, unless somebody has been doing online business for like five years or something, most people are having to figure out new ways to do things and probably finding themselves in a state where they feel timid. Um, is there any kind of like wellness routines that you kind of go through to, to boost your confidence or to kind of give you that, like, uh, that just that, uh, big energy that you need to, uh, kick ass and take names. Um, I, before a new client, but before I go into, to try to, have a consult consultation with a new client i'll rehearse my my kind of loose script that i have a few times and uh listen to some music to calm me down because usually i go into it kind of like high not a, a not anxious but like high anxiety excitement of like this could be something great like i can get a new client i'm excited about this i like working with new people but then that kind of gets me <laughs> too too hyped to go so i kind of have to bring myself back down to reality so I'm not talking too fast or missing what they're actually saying and paying attention. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I know exactly what you're saying there. Like, sometimes sometimes we think so much about the impact on our livelihood that it is to have, like, a new client or something. And the music, too. Like, I know even just before a typical training session, like, I have different songs that I listen to before I'm going to train certain clients. Yeah. Like, some clients I need to get, like, super hyped for. Some of them I need to, like, calm myself down for so I'm not, like, overwhelming them. And it's just neat how everybody has a different personality. Um, but then when it comes down to like, as you get busier and getting work, isn't a problem. Like, how do you balance out your life? Like, how do you keep sane and stay away from uh, burning yourself out? Um, uh, for me, I like having a, a nice tight schedule that, that really, that really helps any times where, where I don't, you know, I'm not able to, to stick to it for reasons that were outside of my control. I just don't tend to enjoy that day as much. Uh, it either makes me not not necessarily anxious, but just not not as at ease as I would be on a normally scheduled day. Like I I work with my clients and I schedule out their sessions on a monthly basis, so I know that my schedule is set every single day relatively the same. Yeah, when- so I don't have to worry about about people with whether they're coming or not or reconfirming like everything is confirmed from day one through day 30 and then that's that's done and over with (laughs) well i mean that's that's a smart approach to take with it have you ever had a day when a bunch of your clients had to cancel at the same time yeah that that was that was like a hard to hard to deal with one because you're a little excited for the moment you're like oh i got some free time i don't usually have this free time yeah, but then I don't want to be like I'm wasting this time that I, that was productive working with a client. Like you know, either just uh, understand that client's needs a little bit better and being you know just trying to learn a little bit more. Uh, but I just don't want to do nothing because <laughs> then I feel like the day is wasted. So how do you navigate that? Like for yourself, do you, do you have to kind of show yourself some grace, or do you have like things that you pivot and you start working on to kind of like uh ease ease the uh the tension kind of thing yeah i have uh like i said i like this i like a nice schedule so i have kind of things scheduled out on what i would do already as like a contingency plan well that's that's smart like what what is your contingency plan if you if you had to kind of describe it to me um well i i carry my laptop with me through all of my clients so i'm never i'm never without uh, having something that can get work done or, or having some learning done. Yeah. Uh, where if I, if I have the opportunity that I'm, I'm in a place where I can get Wi-Fi, which is usually now, um, then I'll, I'll do some more work on, on the website or finding, finding some more resources that way. Or if I don't have it, then I'll do some, some offline reading or, or things like that. Yeah. Well, I think that's smart. It's clever to like plan to succeed kind of thing. It's kind of like uh, when somebody is looking to make improvements on their nutrition, planning to have the the good sources of nutrition in stock in your home is going to help you be a lot more successful than uh, having an empty fridge and an empty cupboard kind of thing. Um, Are you a person that travels sometimes or like is there things because like a common question that gets posed upon fitness professionals is what do you do that is not related to fitness? And I know when people ask me that, 
I struggle to answer um, because honestly, like fitness kind of absorbs everything about us. It becomes our identity. But at the same time, mm-hmm. we all need to kind of have like our little things that we do outside of it. What What's that for you? Um, I, I, I like art. That's awesome. So I, yeah, I've been, I've been a, a hobby artist, I guess, since I was a, since I was a kid. So I, I really like sketching. I'm not really comfortable with a paintbrush. So that's a new, a new challenge that I've been trying to get over, <laughs> but I really like sketching with, with pencil and, and some pen. And that really kind of keeps me stimulated, I guess, outside of doing physical activity and physical movements. Well, it's kind of like a form of flow state, as it were, like you kind of, you get to be fully immersed in something that is totally different and you almost get to reset through that process. Like I know a lot of uh, trainers that we probably both know are like musicians on the side or, or they are creative writers. Like they're, they're able to write stories that have nothing to do with like exercise or nutrition or anything like that. And yeah, it's just cool to, to discover that side of people because I think um without knowing that part of the equation like what do we know we're just this big gathering of people who know how to um help others build muscle and live long and happy lives but like what else what else makes up that individual um have you gone on a a recent trip for any of your continuing education like do you travel for that kind of stuff or do you find that uh you seek that out more locally um, yeah, I, I like to travel for it just cause it helps me explore an, a new city. Um, which is, which is always, always nice. Cause we don't usually get really long times for vacation. And since we're more or less self-employed, we don't have paid, paid holidays and paid vacations. Yeah. So traveling for, for CEUs and continuing ed is, is a nice kind of break from, from like that middle ground where you can, you're traveling somewhere and you're getting a little bit of education. Yeah, well, I mean, I got to go to uh, the Kansas City Fitness Summit, I think it was close to two years ago now, and it was just, um, it, it's weird because I tend to be a fairly, like, I'm I'm introverted for the most part, so I'm fairly mm-hmm. quiet in big gatherings kind of thing, I'm kind of cautious, I want to figure people out, but then once I've made those connections and kind of, like, put faces to names and stuff, like, fitness friendships are solid like all of a sudden geography doesn't matter anymore because you have all these like core values that are in common and common passion like we're we're the crazy people who are just like head over heels for our career passionate about what we do and we're willing to put in way more than what we may ever get back out of it but there's no problems with that for us we're we're happy to do that um what has been a trip for continuing education that kind of stood out for you? Um, the, the most recent one I went to was was nice because I had a friend that lived in Austin and I actually won at the uh, at the NSCA's national conference was it two years ago. I won a raffle for continuing education for a company called Z Health. Okay. So I won one of their introductory courses and that was held in Austin where my friend lived. Well, that's perfect. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you basically kill two birds with one stone. Um, yeah. So speaking to 2020 specifically, because it's been a common topic for just about every one of my guests since like March, 
Um, what was your first reaction to uh, COVID-19? Like, all the gyms in the world basically closed down. Like, what did you do? Uh, I need, I kind of held my breath for a little bit. <laughs> and then, then I needed to remind myself to breathe. Because I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how this is going to go. I kind of, I wouldn't say panicked, but I was just more or less aware that this could be a very significant change to my day to day. And did you find that it changed quite a bit or were you able to kind of like pivot and kind of keep the ball rolling, keep things positive and keep some momentum? Uh, I was, I was lucky enough to be able to have the in-person clients that I trained uh, at their homes some of them still wanted to train so i was able to keep a little bit of revenue coming through so i didn't panic too hard yeah yeah but uh but i kind of i kind of used it as a time to to relax and try not to stress stress about it as i did have some income coming in and it wasn't going to be on the streets in in a day or two just because i missed <laughs> a, a payment on rent or anything yeah so i was i was okay which which uh kind of settled me back down Definitely. Like, I think, I think a lot of people can sort of relate to uh, being all right with maintaining. Like, I think we all yeah. want to, um, we want to do like lifestyle personal best throughout all facets of our life. Like we want to have right. a nice car, we want to have a nice house, or we want a new guitar, or we want this, that. Everybody, it's, everybody is entitled to have goals that are related to what makes up like their, their lifestyle and stuff. Um, with, with that being said, did you find that, uh, with, with just, uh, social restrictions and places like restaurants being closed, did you find that your, your social life or your, your lifestyle was kind of hindered? Were you struggling at all with, uh, mental health and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I definitely didn't like the, the, the isolation feeling that, that I had because typically, uh, even if I'm not training clients, uh, back to back, uh, I'm seeing security personnel at buildings that I go to or at, at residential complexes that I visit. And I'm speaking with them before I, I train the clients. Like they all, at this point, they all know me by name. So like we're, we're more or less like, you know, close acquaintances and friends at that point. So you lose like those little things that you don't think about uh, outside of like your normal day. Like that, that was kind of a surprise. I was like, oh, I missed those like small interactions of catching up with, you know, Dwayne down the street at the, who's concierge that I see him every Tuesday and Thursday or whatever. Well, it's amazing that you bring that up because I completely agree. And it's something that I forget about quite often. Like yeah. when we see people out and about, or we're at a grocery store or wherever we may be, Every little smile, or as I've been saying lately, because we've all got our masks over our face, so like every little smile, like <laughs> the smiling with our eyes is so impactful. Um, and just saying hi to people and like where possible, opening the door for somebody, like it, right. uh, it turns into something big and just uh, cheering people on, even through the internet. Like every so often, I'll get a buddy that like personal bests his lift kind of thing and like i know what it feels to lift heavier than i've ever lifted before so i can imagine yeah. how they feel and you just like send them a little whoop whoop or like uh any yeah. kind of an emoji and you honestly like change their day for better and we we sometimes take that for granted 
Um, did you ever get to a point where you, like, everybody's experience with COVID has been different. I know for myself, um, because I live by myself and a lot of my clients were in person, I definitely had moments where I was like, holy cow, like, what is going on? You almost get lost in this little, little abyss where you don't know um, how to to uh, be more upbeat that day. Like, sometimes we don't wake up super motivated. Did you find right. that having lost out on all of these uh, just small but meaningful one-on-one interactions kind of got to you? Or, or were you able to kind of maintain similar to how you were with, with your finances? Uh, well, luckily, my wife still still was able to keep her job. Yeah, and we had we we had talked about um, some of some of the planning that we would need to do if things ended up trending in the wrong direction. So it was good to have have that. Like we were both on the exact same page with how things were going to go. We were both kind of upset the same at the same level that we couldn't do any uh, any travel. Like we usually do one one big trip a year for our anniversary. We couldn't do that. So we were both kind of in that same realm. Um, and I think that helped uh, the having someone like that to to talk to you on a daily basis that you could be kind of kind of frustrated together yeah. and still be like, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that's definitely what I found myself doing. I, I leaned on a lot of uh, trainer friends throughout the industry and we were frustrated together. Right. But <laughs> I'm curious, like, how did you and your wife meet? Because it sounds like you make a pretty good team. Like, did you meet at school, or what's the story? Yeah, we we met it. We met in college. It, uh she transferred into the school that I was going to the same same semester that I had transferred into the uh, exercise science major, and she transferred from a different a different school into the into their exercise science major. So we, we ended up sharing a couple of classes together and getting paired with some uh, some group projects that kind of you know solidified at least a friendship in the beginning. But then uh, we kind of stayed friends for <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Uh, when I wanted a little bit more of of the the friendship, so she kind of friend zoned me a little bit. <laughs> but. It all worked out well. We've been together since 2008, so things things are going great. That's really cool. Like, I mean, I think everybody gets friend zone at some point. How did you break yeah. out of the friend zone there? Like, what what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was just the I think uh, the the class projects that we had together kind of helped me a little bit because it was kind of forced interactions outside of oops, outside of reaching out to her. Um, yeah, you know, out of the blue, like we kind of had to meet up for things and had to spend time together. Well, yeah, and I think it all comes back to um, you spoke about the importance of being yourself. Like uh, you spoke about that with regards to feedback that you got from your clients and with uh, your values for how you carry yourself through your business and just with like interactions with people in general. Like there's there's no sense in like faking who we are when yeah. people are going to be perfectly happy with who we actually are like yeah sometimes we like we're, go we're, ahead. Bo- we're both 
we're both really sarcastic people too. So I think that helped that we could kind of both, both be quite sarcastic and not have it get awkward. <laughs> oh yeah. Like if one so person's that was, that was great, if one person's sarcastic and the other person is not on the same page, it can get awkward really fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so with everything that you do together, like, I mean, you, you share a household, you're, you're married. Um, what are three things that stand out to you into how she makes you a better human being? Uh, well, one, she's, she's extremely supportive, which, I, with, which helps. Uh, so I don't feel uncomfortable coming to her with either ideas or concerns or problems that I have within the business or as my, like myself as a person. Yeah. So that, that's like a huge, huge thing to have for, for me at least. And then we both uh, continually work on better communication because we're both, you know, we're both good at it now. We're both better at it than we were, but it was definitely something needed to be a continual learning process as we got further in the relationship. Yeah, for sure. Um, do, do you have a third thing? Cause I think we got two there. Um, I think ha being happy, being bored together. So you don't need to kind of make things always exciting Yeah, so to be happy. It's like if you're happy just sitting on the couch on the, on either ends of the couch from each other and, and still have awkward glances that result in a smile every now and again, then that's like perfectly great. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Like, I mean, it's, it's always a good sign when you surround yourself with people where you can kind of be an autopilot and they can be an autopilot and that's just fine. Like where, when you were just kind of like doing your thing, um, that they don't have a problem with the fact that you didn't want to do any more than what you're already doing that day. Um, every single episode for the last, I don't know, like 20, 30 episodes, I've had my guests dig a bit deeper and come up with, uh, something that would inspire the audience a little bit more like something that'll sort of change how they do things into something a little bit more more advanced or stepping out of their comfort zone and so it's essentially just a, a challenge for the day but i i've ramped up like the intro to it lately because i've been like okay i want i want my guests to think outside of the box and i want them to pull something from personal experience to really like set the audience apart in a way because um there's no such thing as too cl cliche of an answer but at the mm -hmm. same time i believe that uh, every conversation that we have uh makes us a better person like you talked about communication and how you can improve and i'm a big advocate for like each and every one of us whether we've got 20 years in our career or 10 years five years two years three years can always progress in our communication. So after I've gotten that long ramble out of the way, um, when it comes down to the challenge for the day, what would it be if you were to give a challenge for the day? Uh, I would say to, to look at a lot of the activities that you might be struggling with and realize that you already have the skills you need to complete those tasks just expressed in other areas of your life. Ooh, that's deep. <laughs> um, so then I have a second question for you and this will be the last one, but this one's another deep thinking question and you can, you can kind of pull from your past experiences, moments that have really taught you. And if it's, if you had one piece of advice to give to somebody on how to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way, what would that piece of advice be? 
Uh, just try. That's it. Just just try try as much as you can to to do something. It doesn't matter what it is. It's better than not trying. Well, that's that's a good piece of advice. Like honestly, there's so many instances where a person, if they just tried, they would be one step further ahead than the, what they were before, and it's just the fear or the uh, just the second guessing of ourselves. So I agree with you right there. That that is solid. Um, with that being said, I'd like to thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It's been so cool to learn more about FitLeet and learn more about you and experience your wisdom. Yeah, thank you for having me. I was extremely excited to, to be on. I did have to do that whole like music taper myself down before the episode started. So <laughs> I was, was very awesome. happy.